Welcome back to One Winning Pod. It's been a while since we've talked to you, but uh, we're here, we're back, and it's draft season, everybody. So we'll start off our episodes about the draft, discussing the offense today, the offensive players, top to bottom, cross position groups. Uh, we'll do defense next week, and then we'll do like the Ravens uh, targets the week after, and then maybe a few other shows, but that's about how we're going to do it. So these prospects, you know, like that we're interested in, or we have new ideas from the Liars Luncheon or whatever, we can, you know, change live. You know, we're starting, what, on April 4th, but the draft is a little over three weeks away. So there's a lot of time for, you know, things to change and more opinions to be had. But uh, welcome back, guys. How you guys feeling? Feeling good. Feeling good. Uh, I did a lot of cramming over the past few days. I, I started out my uh, watching of tape about a month ago, guys, then got super busy and had to uh, make up a lot of ground. So we'll see. I, I, I think I have a, a better handle of things than I felt five days ago. And I've found some guys at every position that look intriguing for Ravens needs. But yeah, I'm really excited to hear what your guys' thoughts are too. We really haven't talked too in depth about our ideas on the prospects aside from you know a couple high profile ones. So it uh, should be a fun discussion. It's always fun this time of year trying to figure out who might be a good fit for the Ravens, who will, the Ravens will have an eye on. Um, and even just, you know, falling in love with some of these prospects and just being like, well, where are they going? And just hopefully they don't go to Pittsburgh again. You know, <laughs> we have a bad <laughs> habit of that, of falling in love with players, whether they be Highsmith or Pickens, and then the Steelers listening in on our show and picking them up. So <laughs> it's probably Steve. Steve's probably, you know, the turncoat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh man, we definitely need some more excitement. Um I feel like the last couple of weeks with the Lamar situation is just kind of like I don't know, I feel like it soured things for me. So, um yeah, taking a look at the draft and figuring out, you know, who the next uh crop of Ravens is going to be regardless of that situation. Um makes me a little excited. Uh looking forward to it. So, yeah, I think we uh I think we could use some more good news and uh use some excitement. It has been a while since we spoke, and I must admit that I think the Lamar situation has impacted all of us in our ability to like get ramped up for the draft. I don't know about you, Peter, but that's part of the reason I think I had in my doldrum of like looking at uh, film because I too like started off strong and then like disappeared for a little bit, went to the wilderness, and then was like, I need to get my acting gear. <laughs> Sorry, you know, like <laughs> looking at film again um, and getting getting deep into these prospects. Um, before the show, we were you know discussing you know we didn't do a show about Lamar Jackson tweets, and uh, there's a really good reason for that. And Peter, you gotta tell the audience. I mean, there's a really good reason for me, and it's the way my contract is is written up. I mean, specifically in my contract, I, I I don't do shows specifically surrounded around tweets by players, media members, or or any uh, <laughs> under that category. You know, it's like I I comment when it's real news, when it's just Twitter news. I I, I wait for it to you know make it happen in the real world. So if there's any episode that we need to do about Twitter feuds or just some random tweet, uh, you guys are going to have to uh, bring in a guest or someone because, you know, it's, it's, it's a breach of my contract to do an episode <laughs> on that. Not even like, uh, you know, uh, a sampling of like Marlowe bad food takes or something. I mean, those are, that's all, those even are that all tweets. I can't do. I, I can't do because that, that sounds fun for the first five minutes and then you're just like, Marlowe, man, just, <laughs> just get off, just get off social media, man. Just, Go on a hike. <laughs> Just find a new hobby. <laughs> oh, gosh. But yeah, you know, it was a thing. I think none of us really 
uh, or too impacted by it other than just like annoyed further that the situation exists. But I think the consensus was like, we all have our opinion about how this is going to play out and not much of it has changed. <laughs> so listen to our show that we talked about with, uh, <laughs> with Alan, I guess <laughs> like we are still all right there. Well, let's talk about prospects. Let's talk about giving Lamar Jackson some weapons. Let's talk about wide receiver. That's why you're all here, right? Wide receiver is a very interesting class. I have been digging into them for a while, and it's one of those classes I feel like you need to watch at least 30 players to have a full opinion of the class and really understand it. I'm about 25 deep, and um, you know, I think there's definitely a few more players I want to see, a few more players I want to see a little bit more of, but my overall thoughts about this class as I've watched them is I like them more and more as I watch them more. I started off thinking there was no great prospects and that, you know, the bet, like if Bateman was in this draft, he'd be the number one prospect, number two prospect. I still kind of feel that way about Bateman specifically, but I think a lot of these prospects are good, good players could be great players. Um, they're just very few slam dunk prospects and they all have some bugaboo or something about them. It's a relatively undersized class, all things considered. But that doesn't mean that they're actually bad players or can't play on the perimeter. So all that to say, <laughs> I guess like I think it makes sense if one of these guys is there at 22 to draft it. And that player would be JSN, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. He kind of rises up my board. I would say even for Zay Flowers or Addison, or Quinn Johnson, I'm not feeling it at 22 as much, just based off of like how I think the rest of the, the draft will go. But we, you know, that's subject to change. I, I think the way I've looked at this class is I started liking players more and more, that I think it's totally reasonable at 86, the third round pick, to get a player you quite like, and, um, and kind of proceed from there, or even trade up and get a player you'd love. So, we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's like my high-level overview before we start looking at actual prospects. I don't know. I don't know how to approach this. I have 25 guys I could talk about. Oh, my God. <laughs> guys, wheel me in. <laughs> you have so many guys. I, I tried to watch film on all these guys. I did not. I, I failed. I did not get it all done. But um, I, I do kind of get what you're saying. Um, I think I agree for the most part. I look at this wide receiver draft class, and I'm like, I don't think the top is as strong as it's been in the past few seasons, but we've had some very strong wide receiver classes the past three seasons. So, you know, at some point that was bound to trickle down. But I do think there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of guys here who look like they're going to be, you know, rounds two through four guys who, you know, as complementary pieces in the offense, whether in the slot or whether, you know, as, as deep specialists, like they're guys that do something really well. They're not a complete package, really. I don't think there's too many complete tool wide receivers in this draft. I could be wrong, but that's just been my take so far. But there's a lot of guys who like, you know, if, if you're drafting a guy to be an underneath slot guy, if you're drafting a guy, uh, you know, to, to run deep posts after the catch and, and win the jump ball, there's a guy for that. There's, there's a lot of interesting prospects. Are these guys going to be, you know, is there a lot of pro bowlers in this list? I don't know. And I lean to probably no, but there's certainly intriguing prospects here. And some of them I think could fit on the Ravens if they wanted to go that direction. Yeah. You know, I definitely think the challenge here is just, you know, what, you know, what capital is available for the Ravens to use at wide receiver. I think the, 
you know, most of us as fans would love to have that first round pick be, you know, pick uh, one of the top receivers. Um, but obviously with no second round pick this year, uh, it's, you know, there's only one shot after that you're in the third round. And I think, uh, you know, once you kind of hit that and after the Ravens fans get less and less interested mm-hmm. about what receivers that are available. So, I mean, yeah, just from like that perspective, it's, it's definitely going to be difficult. Yeah. I got to admit, like a lot of these guys, like I, I haven't looked at in depth, um, but I will say um, the guys from Tennessee, um, I had a chance to kind of look a little bit at their film because I did a look at um, their quarterback, Hendon Hooker. Um, a little bit and I gotta say the guys from Tennessee did a heck of a job just kind of winning one-on-one on a ton of those routes um, I feel like most of the highlights I saw from Hooker were basically just throw it up to whoever's running a nine route and have them win at the point of attack <laughs> I mean we'll talk more about that Hooker later uh, I have some thoughts but but yeah I mean I, I thought the you know in terms of like the receiving game I, I thought those guys were you know consistently kind of winning um, and you know if the Ravens want to get a guy who can, you know, win some of those jump ball uh, situations. Like, I, uh, you know, I feel like either um, was it Jalen Hyatt? Um, he might go early. Uh, Cedric Tillman maybe a little bit later. He's a little bit more of a uh, larger frame. I feel like either one of those guys. Like, I wouldn't say no to. Um, I think that could be kind of a good fit. Um, certainly, if you look at the room that we have now, I don't really think we have any guys who sort of fit that bill in terms of uh, go up and go get it. Bateman's the closest, but honestly, I don't, that's not really his game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it could be interesting. I'm sure there are a couple other names on this list. Uh, maybe Alec, you know, of uh, you know, maybe other guys that might fit in that kind of category. I, I feel like that's what really is missing from this offense right now. Sure, yeah, I can go with some rapid fire. Let's do it. So you you talked about the Tennessee guys. You got Jalen Highlights, six foot, one hundred eighty pounds. Um, kind of looks like a heavy slot player to me. Very. Um, fast everyone thought he would be faster though at the combine for what it's worth but definitely a fast guy i like the way his hands looked unfortunately like the tennessee offense they'll, they'll call it gimmicky and i'm sure we'll talk about that more with hooker but um the footwork needed for good route running is not completely evident based on how they kind of do things there um his yak is all from breakaway speed not so much from making fe- people miss um which i think is worth pointing out and then i i have concerns about his ability to beat press coverage just because um, they always use the stack scheme in college. They give him like nice releases. So I don't like, dislike him. I just wouldn't like him at 22. I People were all over the place with Hyatt. Some people have him like as close as wide receiver two and other people have him, you know, wide receiver 10. Um, so it's, it's really difficult to say what people think. I'll say right now though, Cedric Tillman is my favorite player in the draft. As far as like the guy I kind of fell in love with, not so much like go take him at 22, but in like a go find his right value and get him uh, kind of player. I would say he's kind of my maybe pickings of this year. I really love that player. He is a fifth year senior, um, but he did uh, break out in like at 21 years old. He's 23 now. That's one thing I'll point out too is like there's a lot of 23 and 24 year olds in this draft because of the COVID year. So uh, this is the kind of the year we really see that impact. I love the way he tracks balls and uh, wins contested catches by boxing out and using his strong hands. Fearless over the middle. He's physical. Um, and I think he really reads leverage well, which I, th- I find super important uh, for wide receivers. So Cedric Tillman is definitely one of my favorites. I love if he, we somehow got him in the third round. I've seen some mocks of that. I do not believe that's possible. I think he'll go sooner. Um, he's also starting to get some like love. Uh, I couldn't be surprised if he went early day two. So we'll see. But uh, I really like Cedric Tillman. 
Similarly, I heard, you know, if you like Cedric Tillman, like the Netflix algorithm, you might like Jonathan Mingo, and I do. Six foot two, <laughs> 226 pounds, old miss, fast and physical, high points the ball well, poor man's AJ Brown, maybe, same school, same number, blocks for the rock. Like, you can't not like this guy. Super fast as well. He uh, clocked in at, where is it? Boom, 4.46. With that frame, that is scary. I love this guy. Uh, again, like I don't see him falling all the way to the third round, but you know, go up and get him wherever it is that you think that's necessary. And I'm a, a happy camper. So I would say Cedric Tillman and, and Jonathan Mingo are like my two. I would love to target these players. Um, there's other players I've started to warm up to, but like for various reasons, I'm not quite sure where I'm at. Uh, Xavier Hutchinson, he like sets up defenders well on short area routes. Um, I think he still has some work to do though with his releases and stems. Good body control and has like good subtle movements to make tacklers miss. I think at six foot one, two hundred and seven pounds, he's one of those bigger outside receivers that this draft kind of lacks. Uh, another player that's kind of like that is Michael Wilson. You'll see comps to him, Michael Thomas, uh, but not as reliable hands. Six foot one, two fifteen, Dallas Stanford. Injury concerns are are very big with this guy though, so you know we'll see if the Ravens kind of avoid a player like that. Uh, Marvin Mims is in this class very fast. Like, what is it? Three point or 4.38 40, um, brother of Denzel. So at first I wanted to like write him off because of it, but, uh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, people started like saying you should, you should grow up and actually look at him. So I did, uh, not be a middle schooler about it. You say (laughs) that's right. (laughs) Your brother Uh, sucks. You suck too. <laughs> Your brother greatly disappointed me, and I tilted it like crazy. Five eleven, one eighty four, Oklahoma. Um, good breakout year. Punt returner, dynamic. Um, blocks for the rock as well. You know, high points. Well, I just think I'm not super. I don't trust that he can. Uh, you know, get off press com- coverage. I think he could get. Uh, you know, messed up on short to intermediate routes get his time messed up, get, you know, off track. So don't love that about him. Uh, Josh Downs is an interesting player. People all over the place with him. Um, he's shifty and like will win the first five yards. Uh, after that, you know, he'll probably get tackled, <laughs> but, um, like he just, uh, is really good at finding soft spots and that's valuable. Um, but he's you know probably better than the slot. Oh, all right. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of wrap it up with two last prospects or three. I'll do three prospects and then we'll maybe do a few others. Leave it at that. Zay Flowers has been super highly regarded. Maybe the wide receiver too for many people. Uh, linked to the Ravens early on. Explosive and fluid. The guy's just total baller. He's got that dog in him. There you go. That's uh, That line comes out for the first time. Played two-thirds of his snaps outside. Um, I, I could see him being a lot of fun. And uh, Jordan Addison, a lot of people like him. Some people have him at like, wide receiver one. Uh, he played with Pickett in Pittsburgh and then he transferred to USC to play with Caleb Williams. So he's obsessed with having good quarterbacks. Um, he kind of reminded me of Hollywood when I was watching him on film, uh, runs a good whip route. Just, uh, you know, play, he plays pretty well. I don't love him though at 22. And then lastly, like the guy that was pretty high on everyone's list early in the process and then fell down the ranks is Quinn Johnson, six foot four, two ten out of TCU. He has, you know, that, super big size you see him get away from guys um the way he moves in the open field the way he blocks but his his catching sucks like his technique for catching is terrible i don't know how that would translate to the nfl at be, for being 6-4 he plays like he's 5-11 like he just does not high point well body catcher and that is like so damning 
I'm very concerned about his ability to turn that around at the next level. And, and I think it could be the end of him. And it's like one of those things, like if he can figure that out, he probably is the best prospect in this class or damn close, but it's a huge bargain. Like it's a huge gamble. And I don't know who's going to take the the leap of faith that he's going to be able to figure it out. Um, so wrap it up with that. Woo. There's a lot there. Um, <laughs> I know <laughs> that was like half of them. <laughs> yeah. But I do have to say, like you mentioned some guys that independently, um, when I was watching the film, like I earmarked these guys as like, you know, if, if they're available in third round, Ravens should take a shot. And how do I know the Ravens should take a shot? And and then I'm not, you know, just totally off base here because there's rumors that the Steelers have brought these guys in for visits. And we know that the Steelers <laughs> know exactly what they're doing here. But yeah, you mentioned Jonathan Mingo, man. He makes a lot of exciting plays on tape. Like you said, he's big bodied. His highlight reel, they're, they're running screens to him all the time. And he is excellent at that that's something our offense could definitely use i know we tried to do that with with duvernay last year maybe in munkin's offense it'll be better to do but you know we we know that that's part of an offense part of our offense that's been lacking for a while will this guy's skill set in that transition to the nfl i don't know i'm not good enough a scout to say you know just because he could do it in college he can do it in in the league but i think this guy it could be a, a matchup nightmare um, I'll admit I haven't done enough research into him to understand what are the drawbacks. Like, why is this guy not listed in, you know, consistently a top 10? Because he's, he's pretty much like in the mid-teens, I think, if you look at a lot of boards as far as the prospect lists at this time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he looks great. And, and also you mentioned Jaden Reed from Michigan State, uh, senior coming out. You look at his route running, you look at his hands, um, very solid guy. His production in college was, you look at that, uh, since he's been a freshman, he was on the scene and he was making plays for them. Um, I think he eclipsed at least 500 receiving yards in all of, er, almost. He had 407 his, his sophomore year, but yeah, 797 as a freshman, 1,026 and 21, uh, only 636 as a uh, senior. Again, like I, you also have to understand if you're listening to this coming from our perspective, we're just learning about these guys. The three of us hardly watch any college football. So like, I can't tell you why he did better um, from a, just a pure stats perspective, his junior season than senior. I don't know what their quarterback situation was there. Um, but I mean, you, you see consistent production on this guy. I think both of these guys now, you know, I, I feel like we talked about this last year with George Pickens and Alec Pierce. Both those guys were guys that we talked about last year. We liked as like, hey, maybe the Ravens could get them in the third round if they slip. And then everyone else looked at them too. And they're like, oh yeah, those guys are pretty good. We're going to draft them in the second round because they're actual good players. <laughs> I don't know if Mingo and, and uh, you know, Jalen are those guys this year, but um, of the guys who are ranked outside the top 10 consistently, I don't think, I don't know if they're ranked outside the top 10 in every list. Those are the two guys that have stuck out the most to me right now is like the most complete. Um, are there other guys that do some specific things that you're like, Oh, if, if you know, maybe they're good in this role. Uh, sure. There's other guys like that. Like, um, you know, if you look at Rasheed Rice from SMU, uh, another guy, big bodied, like, like Mingo six, two, although he's considerably, uh, slimmer at two Oh three. Um, but you watch his tape, he's excellent at contested balls, but you know, limited route tree. He runs nines and posts. That's pretty much it. Um, his, his 
highlight tape is literally him running nine route after nine route and just jumping over cornerbacks, which is great, but it's like, can you do anything else? I don't know. <laughs> but And then another guy you mentioned, um, gosh, there's so many players here. I know. <laughs> I, I think it's the UNC guy. Who's the UNC guy? Oh, Downs? Yeah, Downs. Um, excellent as a slot guy. Uh, very, you know, excellent there. Great route running on those short routes. Uh, did very well in the red zone in college. But I, th- I think what you said it perfectly, it's like once you get out of those five to 10 yard routes, I don't know what the guy does for you. But I mean, both those guys have skill sets that you look at that and you're just like, okay, maybe as a third or fourth round pick. You know, the Ravens have a lot of guys who are, for lack of a better term, one trick ponies they aren't complete package. So I don't know if that's where they want to go. But yeah, I mean, as as far as guys who might be available in third round, like Mingo and Reed right now are at the top of my list um, with what I've been looking at right now. Totally, man. Uh, we'll see if they can fall to the third or what will end up happening with the Ravens being able to try to acquire one of these guys. Uh, definitely a few other players that people like as well. We won't go into them right now. Maybe we'll talk about them in our Players to Target episode. But uh, yeah, I think that that's pretty good for wide receiver. You want to take it away, I'm not done. <laughs> oh, you're not done. Peter wants to... And I mean, you know, in fairness, maybe this isn't the right question for this pod. Maybe this is a few weeks from now. But I do think, you know, let's suppose the Ravens, you know, you don't trade Lamar. We stay at 23. And at that point, Quentin Johnson is available. There's a lot of hype around Jackson Smith and Jigba. I, th- I think he's gone by 23. 22. 22. 22. If he's gone 22. by 23, does that mean we're taking... 22. <laughs> no, right. I'm just giving you plenty of sound bites there that you can pick from to to blur over me. Okay, for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's so interesting because we saw a huge run on wide receivers last year. But the the, the questions about Quentin Johnson's hands are legitimate. I don't know if this is a fair comparison, but it, you look at you know, Torrey Smith was never the best, had never had the best technique of catching of the football. If if you view this guy as a more athletic Tory Smith, like if he's available at twenty two, I mean, let's think about this for real. Would we be okay with the Ravens pulling the trigger on this guy? I think it's a legitimate question based on where you're seeing him land in mock drafts right now, which is around that pick twenty to twenty five range. Potentially, yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it depends. Like, it really to me, it depends on like what corners are available. Um, you know, other players in general. Yeah, yeah, I think it's a big thing. I mean, I'm I really liked I really like this just kind of like research process of just going through a bunch of names. Um, kind of what you mentioned earlier, Alec, to kind of get a feel for the class is. Um, I think the benefit of that is just like knowing relative like the position group of like if you're the Ravens at 22 and what are you looking at picking, right? Just take a look at the overall quality of each like position group and figure out like okay where are the Ravens going to target. Like if assuming you know we don't have any holes and you want to go best player available, all that stuff like. Um, I think it's a little bit more interesting that way, I guess. But, uh, but I mean, d- directly to kind of answer your question, Peter, like, I mean, yeah, that seems, you know, for a player like that to be, you know, kind of like a Tory Smith-esque player, I mean, I feel like that's a good, that's pretty good. I mean, the Ravens are always, like, trying to find guys that can contribute at receiver. Um, Tory is the most successful, yeah, probably, like, the most successful uh receiver that they picked ever at that position like hollywood didn't have the longevity bateman's not necessarily there so sign me up sure (laughs) yeah i'm looking at it uh 
Jason from all of his film was big board. You know, you got four quarterbacks uh, that kind of like will probably get picked before 22 that shift off these players. So he has Johnson currently at 24. So plus four is 28. Hyatt at 27. Uh, that's with the adjustment already. And then like Addison around 19, Flowers uh, at 17, etc. With that kind of said, I I could see I could see us doing that. I just I really like some of these corners so much. But like realistically, a lot of the corners I love, uh, they could be gone. They should be gone. Like <laughs> I <laughs> I don't know, man. I I think it's so silly that like, I saw. Um, like initial mocks of of Gonzalez being like, uh, you know, mock, like drafted in the late teens, early twenties, and I was like, oh, if he's it's still available past ten, I'll be shocked, <laughs> you know. And now like that's a new consensus. It's like, and I'm like, you know, you look at these other guys too; they're all pretty darn good. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like they go. There's a premium position. People, everyone needs corners, so we'll see how it falls. But like, I think if one of the top three corners fall. Like sign me up, just just snag them. I don't I don't care what wide receivers are left. <laughs> like I want I want the corner, but um yeah, that's like literally over even Jackson Smith and Jigbo. Like I just that's how I see it. So we'll see how it plays out. I think this is like the trickiest thing, honestly. Um, keen to see how the board falls for the Ravens. Yeah, I think I'm right with you. I there are some cornerbacks I also really like, which we'll talk about next episode, but. Honestly, I mean, I if he's there, I would love it if the Ravens took him. I don't think he needs to be the perfect prospect if Bateman lives up to what we think he can be. You know, he can be the number three option in this offense, and you know, they can just try and figure out how it works with him because a guy that's that size and that athleticism—if you can unlock that—it might be inconsistent, but I, I think it could add a dimension to this offense that would be. That'll be huge. And there is a case, there is a route that, you know, he does bust. I, I, I think that we can all see that route, and it's with his hands. Um, that's the thing holding him back, and it's a pretty big thing. But, uh, yeah, definitely an interesting prospect. He reminds me of X Factor too much. There is that, too. Yeah, that was the, uh, the I was... It's literally <laughs> what I bring him up. Him. It's my comp yeah. is is X Factor. Feels like the same guy. Well, and, and that's fair, because, like, what what was Perryman when we drafted him? Everyone was like, oh, he's Torrey Smith, but more athletic. What did we just say about Quentin Johnson right now? So, Oh, man. <laughs> you might have, you might have answered our questions right there. He's drafted. <laughs> <laughs> Purple, what numbers do you want? <laughs> All right. Anyways, so next position group we're going to look at is, is a position group. Um, I don't know if the Ravens go this route, this draft, but I could certainly see a path where they would, and that's the running back position. Um, we know that this is Edwards' last year under contract. Um it seems unlikely to me that the Ravens would sign both Edwards and Dobbins to a second deal. And as much as we love Gus, Dobbins is definitely the more dynamic of those two players, the more, you know, unique. So it wouldn't shock me if the Ravens, if they felt that it made sense with their capital and depending on who's there on the board as always, um, would go for a replacement to, Edwards, but you know, it brings the, up a question: If you do that, do you go with a guy who has Gus's style, keep that in your offense, or do you go with a guy who's more of a receiver? We've talked about several times how 
we think Dobbins can develop into that. But right now, last we've seen of him, not really that guy, and and neither really is Justice Hill. Do you want to draft a guy who um, can can mold into that? But I guess to start with, because um, I think these two players are more likely to be available in the third round, which is where the Ravens, uh, the earliest they would. There's no way they draft a running back first overall with their. I mean, with their first pick, they won't have the first overall pick anyway. <laughs> um, two guys that that have really stuck out to me. You got. Roshan Johnson from Texas, 6'2", 223, uh, senior last year who backed up, guy who multiple people are calling the best running back prospects to come out since Saquon Barkley, uh, Bijan Robinson. A lot of the scouting reports you read on Johnson is like, this guy is the prototypical two back. Like, he's excellent in short yardage. Um, you know, he, he, he has a lot of good feel there, and he's, he's been a backup before in Texas, he had the option to transfer, but decided to stay at Texas and, you know, be a team player there. I think that's a little unfair to then just assume like, oh, well, since he was fine doing that then, that he'll be fine doing that for his NFL career. But, you know, the, the narrative's there. Um, you know, I, I think he's a guy who could, who could fill in Gus's role very well. And another guy, and this guy really reminds me of Gus's running style when I watched his tape, uh, Tank Bigsby, six foot two thirteen, out of Auburn, just a guy, when he gets the ball, his legs are always churning, uh, has a solid cut move that he'll use and, and then just hit the hole. Uh, doesn't really have open field moves like Gus. You know, has kind of that upright style, kind of swerving slowly in and out when he uh, makes the big runs. But uh, also a guy, great in the goal line. But, I mean, honestly, there are a lot of good prospects here in this draft. This is not like last year's draft, in my opinion, Last year's running back draft, I feel like we were really struggling to find guys outside of the, that top two of Brees Hall and Ken Walker. Uh, we did call Damian Pierce, uh, check mark there. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, unlike last year where we were like really struggling to find names, there's a lot of names here. And I don't know if you guys have, have seen other um, prospects that you had that look like good fits. There is another guy I want to talk about. I think he's going to go either second round or early third before the Ravens would have a shot. But those two guys, Johnson and Bigsby, I think could be available in the later rounds if the Ravens are looking for a running back there. Sure. I mean, we're, we're two positions deep and we already have a conflicting uh, opinion or like not opinion, but like conflicting uh, resources for this third round pick, you know, like how are we going to use it? You know, I'm going to go get this uh, running back. And my, my thought is like, we can't draft a running back this year. Uh, maybe, maybe with a very late pick, we can draft one if one of these guys you like is still there. But um, I do not believe it's uh, responsible, honestly, to draft a running back preparing for next year when you already have invested in three running backs. Inclu- like I feel like when they invested uh, money into bringing back Justice Hill, they closed the door on using draft capital on a running back. Now, undrafted, for sure, Bring somebody in. This is a really deep class. You can find a, find a stylistic fit that I think will be good and maybe is able to rise to a contributor next year. Um, but I just I, I can't really see any of these guys dropping where there's such a value relative to the other positions still on the board that I ever want to take them. That said, I mean, the prospects you brought up, uh, I do like Roshan. I think um, Roshan Johnson has the ability to be a kind of all-round back. Um, I also do think, though, it's worth pointing out Dobbins is under contract either next year. So you could be drafting for either skill set. 
And uh, I don't know if they bring him back. They might. Um, I definitely think it's a higher chance than, than Gus, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I, I truly do think running back will be next year's problem and they won't address it this year in the draft. But again, uh, lots of good names, lots of stylistic fits and an undrafted free agent is almost guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I, I think you said it well, like I kind of with you in terms of just the, the justice Hill signing was kind of just a, the sign that this probably wasn't going to happen. Now, I mean, you know, stranger things have happened. Um, I mean, just think like, you know, last year in the first round, the Ravens were like, you know, there's no way that Kyle Hamilton is going to fall to us. <laughs> and he did. Like, sometimes it might happen. Like, I think if the um, if the chips fall where they do and, um, you know, a guy like Roshan or something shows up, then I think, you know, the Ravens could very seriously take a look at that player. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I'm with you too. Like, yeah, out of – all the skill sets. I think if if you do bring somebody in, it has to be somebody who can kind of be that sort of like Gus Edwards role of like a good second back. It doesn't have to be like the fastest back on the field, but somebody who can pick up positive yards, hopefully be a force in um, pass protection, contribute a little bit in the passing game, but it's not crucial. Um, Justice Hill can kind of fill that role, at least for this year. I mean, there are certainly a lot of, a lot of good names here. Um, yeah, I just think that they're uh, I, I kind of with you. I think they're probably going to be mostly for uh, for other teams this year. Never know which way the Ravens will go. Um, I could certainly see them taking a running back this year with just, I mean, I, I get what we're saying with Hill, and they did give him a two-year contract. I just also at the same time, you know, I, I love Justice Hill. I do, but he still hasn't got, done it consistently enough, and all three of these guys have an injury history. So, you know, I, I do think with a running with a class that is as deep as it is at running back, I agree it's unlikely, but I I wouldn't write it off that the Ravens won't go running back given what their situation is. Um, and I mean, hate to say it, but we don't know whether or not the Ravens will have an experienced quarterback there. So if you don't have Lamar, then the running game becomes incredibly imperative, and so you're going to need as many options as you can uh, to not have to fall back on the the veteran train that they've done. So. I could certainly see it, um, but at the same time, there's uh, certainly lots to say that they might not. I'm just burned by Beatty. I feel like they tried this last year and it completely like failed them. Uh, they drafted a running back when they really didn't have a clear role for them to get playing time. They languished uh, on the practice squad. They got disgruntled and left, and then they you know are doing other things. I just think like. And they even had injuries last year, and they decided to use somebody else, right. right? So, like, I'm hoping that we had a nice year of J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards, no <laughs> injuries. But like, they're they're they've proven they're not even going to use these guys in a way. I, I just I, I disagree with that, though. I okay. mean, I don't think we can know for certain. Like, was Beatty not making the field because you know they were just like we just want to redshirt this guy, basically, or was it they wanted him to get out there, but he just wasn't. You know, he wasn't progressing as they wanted to. I think it's kind of hard to say. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, early, early we'll season could definitely understand <laughs> it, right? Because with the with the injury concerns to Gus and Dobbins, of, are they going to be ready? And the answer was they weren't. So, I mean, are you going to put a rookie baby out there with Justice Hill who's also coming off an injury? Or are you going to put right, exactly. you know, <laughs> you know, the ghost of Mike Davis and, you know, all these players out there? Like, beginning of the season was a pass. Like, Beatty was not in their plans I think that soon, but end of the season, eh, maybe. I love it. I love it when we're being honest enough about our opinions to to disagree. Really makes for for good pod because we really don't know. 
We really don't know. They always do something every year that is out of left field for us. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, nothing's outside the realm of possibility with the Ravens. Let me tell you that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I don't know. I feel like the big thing, too, is you mentioned the quarterback situation. I think, you know, if you assume Lamar, I think you don't invest in running back, right? And if you don't have Lamar, I don't think running backs are going to be what saves us. <laughs> I think we're already good. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, yeah, it just, it, we'll see. That's uh, that's always going to be the wild card until it's not, right? Well, I guess that's a good transition for the next position group then. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Quarterback and good golly. In the past, this has been uh, a category we've looked at and just been like, is there a guy at the back end of the draft that makes sense as a crapshoot backup? And now this year, we're really looking at the whole board, aren't we? We're looking at, do you want to look at a mid to late round guy as as a security you know, backup in case to, could, we could develop into a starter if Lamar doesn't sign? Or, or really just you know to back up Lamar when he does sign. Are we looking at one of the later first round guys who would be around there at 23? Maybe, because who knows if there's going to be, if we're going to go back to the big run on quarterback or in an outlandish scenario that, that could happen, but I, it seems to be unlikely given what we know, are the Ravens able to trade Lamar for a top 10 pick, you know, with say uh, Detroit or Indianapolis and have a shot at one of these top four quarterbacks, you know? Uh, we're really looking at it all here. And um, yeah, so I, I don't know how we want to start looking at this, which of these situations we think is the most likely. And will the Ravens even know what's going on here with Lamar? <laughs> will they have any more clarity? Uh, the answer, unfortunately, is probably no. <laughs> all I can say is I think, I, I do believe that the Ravens are not going to make a move to trade up for a quarterback unless there is like a Hollywood-esque like, draft day trade that happens that nobody knows about it's going to be extremely under wraps and even then like wow that would be wild um so i've i've sort of taken the top guys off my board um young stroud uh levis um richardson i think they're probably all going to be gone uh before the ravens pick at 22 um so i've been sort of looking at the guys after that to try and figure out like is there anybody here that could be better than what Huntley is right now or somewhere close so that basically we have a bridge quarterback. Overall, I, f- I feel like the class as a whole, because I probably looked at maybe like eight, nine guys or something. Oh boy, I don't know. Everyone's got a drawback. I feel like this is like the hardest part of the draft is just figuring out like who's going to be like amazing is because you see things you're like, oh man, this is really good. And then you see things you're like, oh man, this really sucks. And then you look at another uh person to look at and it's like the opposite like they're good at everything the other person sucks at and they're bad at everything that the person is really good at so it's wow it's just like all over the place um i think there's probably like maybe like two names that i'd be like okay maybe it's worth a shot but yikes if (laughs) i i I don't know i don't see a long-term starter like solution here if we move on from lamar i think lamar is going to be here 2023 and the Ravens are just going to have to take a risk that he's going to not like hold out or something. I don't know. I have a lot of opinions about these top four quarterbacks. I don't really think it's only three, but uh, these, these quarterbacks that people consider the top four and um, out of uh, situational awareness of my draft picks in dynasty, I hate talking about them at all. 
Uh, <laughs> but I have come clean that you're picking before both of us, aren't you? Look, man, people, anyone, anyone in our leagues can listen to this show. Right. I know corresponding <laughs> K fish is in front of me in one of our leagues. All right. Like he's at, at one Oh three and I'm at one Oh four and I hate it. Uh, or no, I have one Oh three and he has one Oh two and I hate it. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I definitely know how I rank these guys. It's not even close in, in many ways. Um, I'm extremely curious how the rest of the league views them and how this uh, all plays out. And uh, yeah, like Anthony Richardson's awesome. CJ Stroud is a double. I think he'll be great. Bryce Young, I really just don't know how I feel about him. But he has done everything other than grow a couple more inches to prove that he'll be a good NFL quarterback. And, uh, and Will Levis can, you know, have fun in the XFL eventually. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's where I'm at with these players. Um, I, I do think there's some interesting later round guys, so maybe we should talk about them. I think we should. Unfortunately, though, I think we have to talk about Levis and Richardson because here's <laughs> <Okay>. the thing. <laughs> I, it seems like there's a lot of rumors going around that like C.J. Stroud in Carolina is like a done deal. Um, who knows if those are true or not? Makes a lot of sense to me. He, he seems like by far the safest of these quarterbacks. Um, does he have the highest ceiling? Uh, that's, you know, questionable. I think you could argue that Richardson and, and maybe even Young have a higher ceiling. But yeah, certainly I think his floor is higher. And then Bryce Young, I mean, he's been mentioned as uh, one of the top prospects here for so long. I Houston seems like, I, I don't think those guys get past the first, you know, they're going to be drafted really, Four really picks. early. Sure. Right. Look, man, I know it's unlikely. I still see a possibility that some people are blowing smoke and a trade happens with either the Colts or the Lions that sends Lamar Jackson that way. I don't know if it's likely. If I were either of those franchises, I don't know if... I, I wouldn't do it if I were the Colts because I think they've they've got so many issues that... that Lamar's not going to alone isn't going to fix it. Detroit, like Alec has talked about, is in perfect spot for Lamar. Uh, but you know they seem. But at the same time, you know, golf is is had a great year for them last year. So you know they didn't make the playoffs though. They might want to think pretty hard about that. Although I think that had more to do with their their defense than than golf. But look, I I don't think it's without outside of the realm of possibility that a draft day trade happens we were blindsided by the marquise brown trade at least here we know that lamar has <laughs> is publicly said that he wants a trade is it a bluff or not i don't know but he's at least put those words out there that's more than we knew with hollywood i mean i guess he scrubbed his instagram whatever again that's outside of my contract so i tend to not i don't really remember that stuff no you said your contract only had to do with tweets <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I gotta, I gotta re rework that. Yeah, well, renegotiations are passed for right. this season of uh, one winning pot. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's right. The, the league year just just uh, started, didn't it? Yeah, you, you have to put it in your next year's performance package. All right, we'll, we'll review it, and uh, you might get a ten thousand percent raise, oh, but man. it'll still make zero dollars. <laughs> so I mean, I, I do see two possibilities here. I okay. see the possibility. I think it's unlikely, but the possibility that the Ravens are at four or six. And if you don't have Lamar, you're looking seriously at Levis or Richardson. I also see the possibility that one or both of these guys fall because while both of them have a lot of, you know, very exciting moments on tape and a lot of exciting physical traits, you know, there's a lot of drawbacks on their tape as well that that are pretty well documented. It just goes down to, you know, like Alex saying, 
what are the how highly are the NFL front offices weighing those deficiencies right now for these guys, for lack of a better term, these things that they need to grow into, and you know how are they projecting them to grow into that? Could that cause them to fall? I think it's possible they could fall down to to twenty three. I mean, look at. I think that both these guys, Levis and Richardson, are are better prospects than Malik Willis was last year. But in early mock drafts at this time, Malik Willis was a top ten pick, and he dropped all the way to the third round. So, you know, if you're the Ravens, let's see, even you still have Lamar at twenty three. Do you draft one of these guys to like put some pressure on him and just be like, man, like we got to keep moving? Are you here or not? You know, I mean, it's been done before. Philip Rivers drafted with you know when they. Still had Breeze, you know? So, okay, Rogers, that's a poor example. Rogers, Rogers love. With Favre, Rogers yeah. love. So I think those are both poor examples because in those Packers cases, those quarterbacks were aging. Like they were both over 35. And then Breeze didn't break out. I feel like Rogers and Lamar is a perfect comp right now of like Rogers sure. loves to do his own thing. Lamar's doing his own thing. Like, yeah, sure. You'll give yeah. that one. Breeze and Rivers, not good because Breeze actually sucked until they, <laughs> that they was drafted Rivers because injury. he sucked. And then, yeah. And then Breeze broke out. Anyways, thoughts on that? <laughs> That's why I think we need to talk about well, Levis and Richardson a little bit. I think an early mock had Richardson go into the Ravens. And like, look, if Richardson's there at 22, sign me up. Done. I'll take him. I'd, I'd laugh at the other 21 teams like I did back in uh, 2018 when we drafted Lamar. Like this, it, it, this has, so I feel like this has Lamar written all over it the same like storyline with Richardson, even though they're, they're different prospects. Like, don't get me wrong. They're, like they're not, they're not the same, but they're, they, they have a similar story almost, I guess, uh, with, with how like teams may be, may be valuing them. I mean, I remember like, that's why this podcast exists, right? Like there was a lot of enthusiasm going into the draft about Lamar Jackson, at least for my end. I liked Lamar before he was even drafted. Right. And then like we drafted him, like when they traded him in, I was like, they're doing it. They're getting Lamar. Like this is so exciting. And like the new chapter of the Ravens was born. And um, I'd be so disappointed, like if we got Richardson, because that means that that chapter is going to be closing. Um, however, I would be excited as like the next best thing, right? Like I, I do think if we got Richardson, I'd be thrilled for the organization going forward. It always sucks giving a comp to a player like Josh Allen because they're like really good, um, but like. I think it's super it just the shoe fits wear it like it's so good of a comp of like why why this could work out. I think it'll be a roller coaster ride in his development, but his ceiling is undeniable and I think his floor is pretty safe. I know that he's made bad throws. I know that, you know, he's a young starter and he's quote unquote raw. But the things he gets right and his pocket presence and his awareness is super hard to teach. You know, they thought, oh, you know, Sam Darnold, he throws so well. We'll teach him how to, like, read progressions. And, like, he didn't have the ecosystem. He didn't have the line. He was seeing ghosts, and he never developed. Well, the Ravens have an ecosystem. They could drop him in, and he could, you know, grow and learn, I think. So the Ravens are uniquely situated to be able to take on a quarterback like Richardson and, like, him hit the ground running. Um I, I think he's stellar. I would be stunned if he makes a pass pick four personally, but that's, I, I say maybe pick six or seven. If he makes a pass six or seven, you know, like uh lions pass on him and the Raiders pass on him. Like, Oh boy, you know, things are happening uh, as far as like his descent could continue. But 
I think that those teams are going to make a huge mistake if they pass on him. So we'll see. <laughs> like I, I, I think super duper highly of Richardson. Uh, so highly that I would, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if the Panthers take him. And the only reason I say that is because you gave up so much capital to get that number one pick. Go get like the funnest guy on the board, you know, go for it. Like, I mean, Stroud's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. I think Stroud's going to be a great NFL quarterback, but I, I wonder if he's going to be uh, exceptional. And I think like, if you want to take those big swings, Richardson's your guy. I see that the interior halls of the building formerly housing the James Prochet uh, fan club have been uh, completely <laughs> readorned with uh, Anthony Richardson <laughs> decorum. <laughs> He's so fun. He's so fun. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, my take is I hope the Ravens don't have to make a pick between these two. I <laughs> just, I yeah, I mean, I agree. Like the the Richardson ceiling is unreal, and I, I I've actually likened up to him a little more than I did originally. I got a little too uh, caught up in well, his stats sucked, but it was like <laughs> he was a first year starter, so like that's you know forgiven a little bit, you know. Yeah, he, there's things he's done. You've looked at the tape. There's some tape that doesn't look great where he's throwing some picks where you're just like, what, who was there? Why, why'd you do that? But there's also some plays where you see that he's going through progressions well and, and putting the ball where it needs to be in the zone. Um, I would still take CJ Stroud over him personally, but you know, I, he could be good. Uh, and Will Levis is just, I, I just, I just don't know. I don't know. I, my initial take on him was I didn't like the tape. Then I watched some uh, breakdowns of some people who pointed out some things he does well, but I'm still just like, I don't know. I don't know about that guy. So basically we're saying, please Ravens Lamar make it work. So we don't have to think about the quarterback position, please. Well, I'm saying that I don't want to speak for all of us, but that I'm not Richardson and Levis make me nervous. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I hear what you guys are saying. Like I've, if, if Richardson were to make the fall, like out of all of the options here, like that does really change the franchise. But honestly, you're probably in like the best situation. I mean, just looking at some of the other guys who might fall later. Um, so I, I mentioned him earlier, Hendon Hooker from Tennessee. Just I'm not super impressed with his game. Like he's got a decent bit of mobility, but honestly, in terms of just like the, you know, the kind of like the quarterback position, like I, I don't know. I just, I felt like the receivers kind of really like drove that offense and I'm not really sure you plug him in and he's like, you know, quality. Um, he might be okay, but like, I don't know. I'm just not interested. Um, another guy we have on here, like I'm really curious what you guys think of this guy, but Tanner McKee, I feel like I should ask that first because I have strong opinions on him, but like, what, what do you, what do you guys think of like for a mid round? Like, if, is this a guy that the Ravens would target? Or you're remotely interested in McKee has interesting uh, skill set. I, I, I you look at his tape. There's definitely some throws that I saw. That I'm just like that would that's you know NFL quality. There's some a really nice throw he makes in the mobility, uh, rolling out to the pocket. I think it was against either USC or UCLA, where he just hits it perfectly. Is just here perfectly in the back of the end zone. Um, the guy can throw darts. If we're talking about 2008, this guy is a, is like a second round pick minimum, um, borderline mid round first round pick. I question how well he could work in today's NFL. That said, I, I think that there's a possibility his skill set would work well in a Todd Munkin offense. You know what what we saw with Baker, what we saw with Winston McKee. I, I think he's more 
Philip Rivers than Flacco. I don't think his arm is super special from a deep perspective, but I think he's more accurate than Flacco was. But the question is just like, does that style still play in the NFL anymore? Because the guy's not mobile at all. Uh, even the concepts that they ran in Stanford, I was watching JTL Sullivan's breakdown of his film. Like he was calling out different plays as just like, no one runs this in the NFL anymore. This is literal dinosaur offense. Like, and like there are plays, the concepts that Stanford used a lot last year, apparently. Um, again, going off JTL Sullivan's word, I didn't watch any Stanford games, but <laughs> yeah, I, he is intriguing. But at the same time, I, I, I view him like Levis and Richardson at the same time. I'm like, you know, could be a solid guy, could be like a Ryan Tannehill-esque guy at the next level, but, well, that's a ceiling, man. So it's like, again, just just sign Lamar and let's move on, please. <laughs> I haven't had a chance to fully scout him, but I'm reading a quick scouting report right now, and it has Alex Red Flag of quarterback prospects. I do not draft people that do not have good pocket presence, period, end of story. I, I'm out like that that like literally I do not care if you have bad pocket yeah. presence I'm out like I don't care how good you throw a ball Zach Wilson uh, I like if you don't have pocket presence you can't play in the NFL that's that's just not how it works sorry yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um yeah yeah I, I gotta admit you know when I looked at him like definitely thinking like you know originally it was just like this guy looks like Flacco um I think they're uh, from like a pure like you know arm strength and kind of like frame it looked very similar I think to like Delaware now the one thing that like is uh, pocket presence is one thing his footwork is god awful it's so <laughs> yeah bad. it's not great like when you talk about mobility like there's the ability of like being able to d- design runs and like you know maybe make a guy miss in the open field like if you're having trouble like keeping your feet upright when you're trying to roll out like oh my goodness like how do you play quarterback um <laughs> I just yeah I don't know we kind of had them on here and I feel like some people have been high on him he's been kind of shooting up boards just because of his like raw intangibles but like man like wow like I don't know like I I feel like just from like some of these other names like I, I'll admit like some guys like Jay Kaner to me like in terms of like his tape or a guy like Clayton Toon like I'm more excited about them in terms of like what they have on film but I'll fully admit like age is a concern um, I think Toon is like a fifth year senior uh, Hayner is like fairly small so like in terms of just like will they translate to the NFL I don't know if that's going to be the possibility but you just like look at the tape and you're just like I don't know. They look a lot more exciting to me. Like they've got better pocket presence. They can actually keep their feet upright when rolling out. Like a decent bit of mobility. Uh, whereas like Tanner is like, how is this guy like actually maneuvering the pocket? It's just crazy. Honestly, guys, I can't believe we haven't talked about him yet. Like Stenson Bennett to me is the obvious late round, uh, you know, undrafted. Good gracious. If he's undrafted, if the Ravens don't get him, I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like we're drunk at the wheel. I feel like you, I, you probably do have to draft him. Like, but he's so obvious. He's so obvious for so many reasons. Not only is the Munkin connection there, but like I think he's better than people think. <laughs> and if he wasn't five eleven, he'd be a good prospect. And Dude. Peter's shaking his head. <laughs> wow. No, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, Peter. What do you think? Wow. I just you see his tape. I don't know, man. Every throw he makes, everyone's wide open. <laughs> I just don't see. I I don't see him making contested throws at the next level. He's he he doesn't have a quarterback body. The guy is we want to, we want to draft a rookie who's only ten months younger than Lamar Jackson. 
I, I think know. that's I, I, I am, think that's a risk. I would agree with you. I'm there. I'm 100 out on Stetson Bennett. If I'm wrong about that, I'm fine. I'll take the L. I'll <laughs> buy a Stetson Bennett. I don't know Patriots jersey. I'm sure seems like a guy Belichick would like. Scrappy, small white guy. But no, I I don't I don't think Stetson Bennett is going to be a guy who is going to be a long term effective starter in the NFL. Sure, but I think like I, I'm not looking at to be our long-term starter I'm, I'm looking at him as like a is he better than huntley person i don't think he is i think i would well, rather and, huntley and, man and that's fine yeah yeah it's fine <laughs> it's fine if you think that like totally yeah i'm just saying like i'm looking at a huntley replacement um slash a bridge to a possible higher draft pick that like you hope is the next brock party um and I, I don't know i don't hate it so yeah we'll see but i i think like well that's why that's why so i have mckee on this with mckee is yeah, <laughs> I think it's so obvious. McKee's though, like, my guy, uh, but yeah, yeah. I I think that's the thing though is like you're really throwing darts if we're talking about the Ravens drafting a a mid to late round guy as a bridge guy to whoever's next if they miss out on those top four and Lamar. Yeesh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think looking at some of the late round guys, I originally I thought. Maybe Jay Kaner might be the guy. I think he's just a little too small. I think physically, I think it'll just be hard for him to kind of make the next level. Um, but I think my two guys were Bennett and Clayton Toon. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just looking at like kind of the level of quarterback, and I- I'm right with Alec. Like Stetson, like he's not the starter. He's the bridge. He's the he might be as good as Huntley. He might have you know a little bit of a leg up just having played with Munkin. Um, but I mean, he's got like. I feel like he has way better mobility than a lot of the other guys after like the top four um, involved in like some, you know, had some uh, QB sneaks, like um, QB draws, like with some design runs, like a, a decent bit of speed, to be honest, um, even over some of these other guys like Hendon Hooker, for example, like has a decent bit of mobility, but I thought Bennett looked a little bit more uh, fast, I think. And then soon I, th- I thought just kind of was had like a better arm. But yeah, he's just one of those like like Bennett is going to be really old, and the question is basically like you know how much more of a ceiling do they have? So yeah, pretty much any guys on these names after the top four are all like, can they be Huntley? <laughs> and yeah, I don't know, but yeah, the the Bennett one man, that's just like too easy. But it would, uh, I think it could work out for a year or so. <laughs> I think the whole NFL knows it's too easy, though. I can't. I don't think we'll get him for free. I think they have to be drafted. There's no way. There's no way he's undrafted. There's no way. I don't know, man. I'm looking at these tight window throws in the highlights. I don't know what highlight video that Peter was watching. Everyone's right. wide open. <laughs> these are awesome throws. <laughs> uh, do we want to go to tight end? The tightest events? Or we want to do any more quarterbacks? Uh, oh, gosh. I think we should hit I tight think, end. Yeah, I think that's it for quarterbacks. All right. Well, tight end, we're going to keep it super quick. Guys, I did a one-hour show with Ken McCusick. i gone deep on these prospects. You should go listen to it if you actually care about tight ends because, yeah, I, I we ended the show giving our chances of the Ravens actually drafting a tight end given, like, everything going on with them and the state of the position. We put it, I put it at 7%. He put it at 15%. And I don't know it's really worth talking about all these prospects um, in much depth. Uh, maybe we can just talk about like what you guys think about us drafting one. And I will throw out a single name because he's not on anyone's boards really, but he's number five on mine. It's Daniel Barker, six foot three, two hundred and forty three pounds out of Michigan State slash Illinois. I would have thought he was bigger 
uh, if uh, you know you told me like I didn't know his height. He plays like two inches taller. He plays uh, like larger, and I like his body control a lot. He makes tough catches. He blocks well for his side. He has a really good knack for knowing when to release his block and go to the next level. And um, I just love his enthusiasm, which is like such a silly thing to say, but I think it somewhat matters. He looks like he genuinely is having a ball playing the game of football, and every first down is a delight, and I like those kind of guys. So I really like him. I could see him being a surprise this year, and uh, he's kind of like my my guy of, this, of the whole group. And if the Ravens picked him in like the fifth or sixth round, I wouldn't even be mad, but I don't think they will. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's like available and drafted, um, but we'll see. Yeah, uh, apologies. I've not had a chance yet to listen to your episode. I put the, the Ravens' uh, chances of drafting a tight end below 10%, uh, so I have not looked at this year's class at all at this point. So that's all I can comment. There's a lot of really cool guys for fantasy, potentially, you know, in Dynasty Leagues, so I think you should uh, check them out eventually, but yeah, I get it. <laughs> all right, so yeah, last position group to look at is linemen and... For now, right now, we've only got interior. Um, Similar to tight end, we're looking at tackle right now as, look, the Ravens drafted Falalele last year. They have Morgan Moses right now. You got Pat McCarry there, who we know he can play tackle. And obviously, Ronnie Stanley, thankfully, um, overcame his injury and was back to his all-pro form last year. Feels unlikely with limited capital that the Ravens are going to go tackle. They could. Maybe they didn't like what they saw out of Falalele last year and think they need to find a replacement. Um Seems more likely that you're doing interior linemen because you lost Ben Powers. Zeitler, how much longer is he going to be around here? Uh, what do you have with Cleveland? He, he showed some promise, but you know, there's we know that he has drawbacks in his game as well. So here we go. We go to the interior linemen. And Chris, I wonder if you want to start this because I'll be honest, I, I'm having a hard time finding guys in this year's draft. It To me, it doesn't seem like a draft with a ton of talent. Um, granted, maybe I'm not looking hard enough, uh, or I just suck at scouting interior linemen, uh, which I do, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. No one really jumped out to me who might be available because the Ravens aren't going to go with that in the first round. So third round would be the earliest. There's two guys who are pretty freak athletes, uh, Osiris Jones and Steve Avila, but I don't think they're going to make it past the second. So I don't know. What, what were your initial thoughts, Chris, looking at this positional group? Yeah, I think um, I, I think Avila is definitely exciting, but yeah, I, th- I think um, I think he's probably going to be one of the first cards off the board. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess the Ravens really felt that he was really good. Like, might not be a bad pick at 22. Um, I don't remember exactly where he's kind of trending, but you know, I guess stranger things have happened. Um, yeah, I think overall, I think my kind of finding for kind of finding for this honestly is just like it's so hard to project linemen at the next level there's so many just like you know hey they played this in college but you know nfl teams are like oh you should play here instead so i mean i feel like you know there are a couple of guys who were like six five six six playing center there are a couple of guys who were like six six uh, might be 340 pounds and they're like well maybe you should play tackle um, but they were guard in college so i feel like you have a lot of these guys who are like you have to look at their body size and then look like, okay, at the NFL level, where do you fit more? And I do think it is a little bit more apparent, right? Um, I think one guy that I had on my list who I think 
the Ravens might be interested in. I, I don't know where exactly he's going to fall, but but Joe Tippin out of Wisconsin played center for them. He's six six. Um, he is massive, and you know when you look at him trying to like play center, uh, there's actually a good YouTube video from from JM Football uh, where he kind of broke down his tape, and uh, basically all of his issues are that you're too tall, like you can't get the leverage that you need against <laughs> these defensive tackles. If you were playing NFL caliber defensive tackles, you're going to lose all the time. And it's not that he's a bad player. It's just it's just not a good fit. <laughs> he just doesn't, you know, he's got to be played somewhere else. So, I mean, the question is with that height, like, could you be a big guard? Or, or like, are teams looking at trying to move him to tackle? You know, I think from some of the things that I saw, I think he was interesting. Like, you know, maybe he could be a, a decent puller. Um, has decent mobility, I think, could, you know, be able to get out in space. Um, but he's got to work on his pass protection for sure. Got to be able to get the right leverage. And I, I think with the Ravens coaching staff, that could be a decent fit. I think eventually he could be there. It's, I think fortunately they're probably not in a position where you need to have a person start right away. And to be honest, like we have so many guard prospects who take years to develop. So, you know, I think he could be a guy. Um, another one as well, like Ricky Stromberg out of Arkansas. I, I kind of liked him a little bit better. There's this one really good clip from him reminded me so much of Yonda of basically, you know, there was like one uh, running touchdown for the Arkansas offense. And it was basically Ricky Stromberg single-handedly won this play. He gets onto a combo block immediately to kind of let his guard turn a defensive tackle around and then picks up a linebacker running back runs right behind him untouched for a touchdown. Um, You know, stuff like that of just, you know, he's really good kind of at the run blocking he did start at center the whole time. So I think the question is basically like, do you want to keep him at center or is that a prospect in the Ravens be like, you know what? You're pretty good at run blocking. Why don't you do guard? Because you can have a, a big impact on that. You know, I think he, he's kind of a guy I would just say like, I don't know where NFL teams want to put him. If, if somebody likes him better at a center, maybe he might go before, but I'd love him at guard. I think he'd be pretty good at that too. But yeah, over a couple other names, I think, as well. I'll have to look them up in a second. But um, is there one guy from, I'm trying to remember, one guy who's like 6'5", like 350 pounds or something from Penn State or something. I'll have to take a look. But another one of those guys of like body just doesn't fit guard <laughs> necessarily. But uh, yeah, it's just like unclear where to play him. Do you, do you have him like a guard tackle, tweener? Yeah, there are a lot of guys like that. You know, if we're, if we're saying this guy uh, is too big for center at 6'6", you know, I mean, Ben Cleveland's also 6'6", so man, imagine that. If, if we drafted Tittman and we have still have Cleveland around when, when Zeitler uh, is no longer on the team, we're, we're having a massive offensive line there. Can you imagine with Stanley, Cleveland, Tittman, and, and Falele? We'll have tiny Tyler Linderbaum in, in between them, but man... That's going to be a, a massive tower of an offensive line. <laughs> well, I don't know if you were distracted by the 25 different questions of asking about Lamar's tweets during uh, <laughs> the breakfast with Harbaugh. He did leave a little uh, nugget that they were talking about Valele at guard, which is like, whoa, <laughs> talk about oh, a monster human. Yeah, he's a, like he's not out of the question of like a guard competition. I'm like, dude, like, are you kidding me? Um, but hey, I mean, maybe they're like, we want to get him on the field. I mean, that'd be that'd be nuts uh, <laughs> to to see him as a guard, but yeah, that is an option. 
I haven't looked into these guys. I did notice Osiris Torrance, uh, pretty high up there. Um, Steve of, of Vila, like these are these are all like these are all humans that uh, are are high up there, and I need to like actually watch them to have an opinion. But um, you know, it wouldn't be crazy to me. I think if if Torrance is available at twenty two, if like the draft goes sideways, not the worst pick. Honestly, uh, it's not sexy. Guards late in the first are not the worst, particularly if they turn out to be a great guard. Um, but uh, yeah, I could see I could see us going that way. I could see us drafting in the third round um, as well. Like that that pick is very desired right now. I could see it going to the corner as well. Like I mean, that third that third round pick is gonna be so interesting because uh, yeah, it's uh, the next pick after the first, obviously, but also just like there that. I feel like the third and fourth round of the fun zone of the draft. There's always interesting players there. It's just a matter of picking the right one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I agree. If they go Osiris, uh, it would be a little bit of a disappointment given how much we, you know, we want him to go wide receiver, cornerback, and we have uh, prospects that if they fell there would be like take him up in a heartbeat. But I mean, there is a lot of upside to this guy. He's an, an excellent athlete is a physical specimen six five three forty six um does have some issues in pass protection but i think that's something that you know can be coached up it's mainly like if he gets beat right off the line um he can hold himself from what i've seen in the film but it's it doesn't look great but his run blocking is is just exceptional was exceptional in college football just absolutely dominant there so um you know, if you're watching any Anthony Richardson tape, you can watch that concurrently as well and see what he's doing there. Uh, but I, he would be a, a really good prospect if the Ravens got him. I think it's unlikely, but I think it's worth discussing maybe as a bookend, like as we talk about these contested picks. Uh, Baltimore's second or, or 22nd pick is worth 780 JJ points. Hard to find a direct trade partner that you're like, oh, this is like the obvious value. But if they fell to like an early day two pick, uh, in the third round and also acquired either a late second, early third. Um, don't hate it uh, at all, mattering on you know how the board falls. You know, you if you get really spicy, maybe if the Jets trade their 42nd and 43rd, which seems unlikely, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> then they could, uh, like, you know, pick there. I wouldn't hate that at all. I think there's a definite band of players from – you know, maybe like the 20th to 25th prospect of 40 that are all about the same. And, you know, you know that somebody else is going to get drafted earlier. And, you know, I, I feel comfortable with that option. So we'll see what trades are available to the Ravens. Uh, we'll see if they decide to trade a player, even that's not Lamar, maybe like a Patrick Queen to get into the second round again or something. I think there's a lot of options to how they could find their way into more draft picks and more capital. And that will like dramatically change the board. Uh, but you know we'll have uh, we'll have prospects that we've considered and things to look out for and hopefully I always think it's a big win if by the end of this process we we, we put stake our flags on a couple of guys one or two of them become a Raven because it's super hard to like tell how the board's gonna fall and like you know how the Ravens see these things so I always think that's a that's a big win so oh we want to pick which of these guys we think is most likely a Raven no I was just I was just saying like saying like trading back is not crazy and then also okay. saying how like. If we do trade back, um, you know, we, we have a chance of gotcha. getting maybe 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 getting more of these guys than we think possible. Well, maybe we do want to do that, though. I think we've done that in years past. Like, go out there and say which of these guys we think is most likely. 
to be drafted by the Ravens. Sure. Yeah, we have done that before. I think we already said it <laughs> earlier in the episode. My pick. I think that it is. Uh, I think it's Quentin Johnson. I'm gonna go Zay Flowers. Picking all the receivers, huh? I want to try and There's figure like out. There's like 25 where, uh... more to pick from than this list that Alex <laughs> generated here. <laughs> yeah. Say Cedric Tillman, it'll make me so happy. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was actually really surprised that you're like, he's my guy. Like, I didn't even, you know, it was one. Like I said, it was one of those things when I was watching film on Hooker, and I was like, these. I don't know who these receivers are, but they just like keep consistently winning. And Cedric I, Tillman like, is 100% my guy. Yeah, like Tillman. flag player 9,000. Yeah, I think he's way underrated. Yeah. Yeah, Tillman, I think after watching a couple of those, I was like, yeah, this guy is, is pretty big. I definitely, like, I'm trying to think. Uh, uh, out of the two here, I don't know. I, I feel like Tittman's got the better body type, but Stromberg, I think, is a little bit more interesting to me. But I'm just like, I'm not sure if the Ravens want a 6'3 guard. Like, he's probably got, like, a decent size for that right now, but they may want somebody a little bit bigger. But I feel like from the film, like I kind of, I kind of like Stromberg. He seems like one of those guys who, like, I think would absolutely thrive in our coaching scheme. Um, you know, we seem to do a really good job of developing guys. Like he, he just has like some of those intangibles and and run blocking and being able to recover that I really like from watching his film. So I, I'll go Stromberg. I think he might be a, a sneaky good pick, maybe in the later rounds, as sort of a center guard prospect. All right, there you have it. Well, we appreciate you guys listening to this mega episode about offensive prospects. We'll come to you next week with defensive prospects, a very interesting side of the draft as well. You can find us on Twitter at OneWinningPod. You can find us online at OneWinningPod.com. Uh, you can email us OneWinningPod at gmail.com. And we'll be back, like I said, next week with more draft content. Let us know if there's anyone else you want to hear about. Uh, either of us out of the ball, and we'll make sure to talk about them during the course of our coverage. Go Ravens.